Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Cross Border Kyle here on the podcast. I've got one of my great friends from my favorite state and home states uh, of Michigan, Milan. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Thank you. Milan, tell us a little bit about you. Provide a quick introduction to all of our listeners and share all the, the cool things that I already know that you do uh, with all of them. <laughs> all righty. So um, my name is Milan Stavanovic. I've, um, I was born in a former Yugoslavian Republic of Macedonia, brought to Michigan as a youngster. And um, about eight years ago, I uh, went in a newspaper uh, business magazine and saw that there was a Detroit Chinese Business Association meeting happening just down the street at a hotel close to my house. So I went down there and to check it out, I had no idea what was going to happen or what was going to be there. And then, um, interestingly enough, all of a sudden, next thing you know, seven uh, guys sit at the table with me. I'm asking, I'm getting grilled, a whole bunch of questions. Who am I? What am I doing? Et cetera, et cetera. At that time, I was working in the renewable energy-related fields. Um, we were working on a concept called citywide hybrid renewable energy utility systems, which is perfect for China, but also uh, great for anywhere in North America as well. So um, all of a sudden, uh, they introduced me to the chairman. And this chairman gentleman was just wrapped up a $100 million deal, which back in 2010 was one of the, the larger, first of the major Chinese deals in the country, and definitely in the state of Michigan. And then um, he invites me over for dinner. Next, uh, I brought a former president of an $18 billion uh, automotive concern with me, just to show that I've got connections and families and high places in the automobile industry. And that's what they were looking for. And then um, next thing you know, I'm hosting delegations. Next thing you know, we're working on putting fields together. Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show. And next thing you know, I'm being sent to China and, and even uh, across the country, like uh, locally at U of M and at Cornell in New York and, and Chengdu and Chongqing and Shanghai and Wuhan uh, presenting on uh the concepts in renewable and sustainable energies that um, that my associates and I were pertaining. And that kind of led to uh, where the Detroit Chinese Business Association in 2013 mentioned, why don't you uh, come work with us, uh, help us restructure the organization, and uh, let's start moving things to the next level. So for the last five years, I've probably hosted, well, actually eight altogether, I've hosted the majority of Chinese delegations that have come into uh, southeastern Michigan. We've produced, you know, at least 50 events, if not a lot more, uh, with countless matchmaking meetings and um, most all of the four plus billion dollars of foreign direct investment from China into Michigan that employs about 10,000 Michiganders now is uh, represented in our network through our, we're pretty much a sponsor driven organization. And so I have a lot of fun. I get to go to China. I get to meet uh, great people. I get to invite people like Kyle to come on down and, and keynote at you know these conferences and summits and forums and we produce some of the country's best galas and uh, just having a great old time. Milan, your life is so much cooler than mine. <laughs> the way that you just described everything you do, it's it's phenomenal. I mean you you went from 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 working in in one industry to the next to sitting in a very uh, I would call it kind of typical setting uh, for Asia where you sit down with a group of people, you may not know who they are, and all of a sudden they're 
you know, very, very important individuals and you get looped into a good dinner, into good drinks. And next thing you know, you're, you're working in business together. Um, what was, do you, do you remember what that feeling was like? I mean, you just described sitting down with billionaires and, and these guys who are, are leading some of the biggest deals. I mean, what was that first experience like for you? So, I mean, uh, let me also backtrack a little bit. So I understood that China is going to be a big deal, right? I've had my daughter for the last 12 years since she was four learning Mandarin. But um, so, and I also came into hospitality and we also grew up in small business, had bars, bakeries, restaurants, did small real estate deals. And I did work in software and technology and entertainment related, so on and so forth. But like here, all of a sudden, in a very short time, I'm working a $430 million deal with like Kleiner Perkins out in Silicon Valley, you know, this gentleman from China and all these other people. And it was like, wow, there's no other place in the, on the planet where I could have like walked into something like this or get into a part of something like that. So definitely it was a, a wonderful new beginning for me. And, uh, you know, I'm quite grateful of all the time and all the people and all the, you know, what I've learned, what I've seen and what I've been able to accomplish. And again, the thousands of people I've met over the last, uh, especially five years. Wow. It's, it's been phenomenal. What, um, so what year was your first, first steps into China? Uh, my first trip, uh, I think it was, a. I went a couple times in 2011. Okay. And so we were representing on one of them, like a U.S. contingency. So it was me and my team on, uh, on uh, the sustainability, the, the citywide hybrid renewable energy utility systems project. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, we were, there was also a Japanese contingent, which really had about 20 people from Japan. This is literally their top scientists, their top sustainability experts, their top architects, their top developers, and us. And we're speaking at these conferences in Chengdu and Chongqing and in Shanghai. And that was just, you know, it was just really surreal. And then they liked our concept that we were bringing on, that they invited me back to Chongqing again, uh, where they had like 20 different conferences going on in different business sectors. Like one was on molecular biology. One was on nanotechnology. Mine was on low carbon city. And they brought in all these Nobel Prize winners and all these other types of prize winning speakers and presenters and put us all in the same room at this audacious Hyatt Regency Hotel in Chongqing. It was like one of the most incredible experiences I ever had. And it was just really clued in. I was like, wow, how China can move in big ways, you know, in a short period of time and aggregate and move forward with velocity and speed. It's, it's just amazing how they do things over there. It, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you and I have talked about some of the stories that I've had of just how, how fast the things move. And you look at city infrastructures and how fast the city comes together. You know, you look at something like the city of Shenzhen or some of the cities that you and I were speaking about up in near Shanghai and how incredibly fast paced, not just the businesses on the ground, but how infrastructure is laid out, how um, plans are put together and things are acted upon and people are brought back and forth to start getting business done. Um, and I, I mean, you, you mentioned this in Michigan. I mean, there's $4 billion, um, which has come from China into Michigan. It, I mean, this doesn't take, this in most places would take a long, long time. And, and here it sounds like it's moving very quickly. Definitely. And so, um, We've been blessed uh, also that we have a, a pro-China governor for the last eight years, Governor Snyder, who's uh, has made trips annually. 
And so that's helped accelerate and build up upon what the Detroit Chinese Business Association uh, started back in 1995. And um, we're number, we're just behind the big three states of uh, New York, California, and Texas in the amount of major uh, foreign direct investment deals from China, which is, which is, which is pretty, if you do it per capita, we would probably be behind California. We would be number two in the nation. So we've done a lot of great work over here. It's, it's unreal. I mean, I, you know, having, having started some of my first businesses in, in Michigan and being from there, um, you know, being a part of what I would consider a, a very, very, very early, almost non-existent startup ecosystem to now today where you've got a startup ecosystem, a small business ecosystem, and um, a, a really thriving venture community. Um, it's incredible where things have come. I mean, Michigan and Detroit in particular, so much is happening on the ground. What are you guys seeing that uh, is really happening day to day with Michigan when it comes to you know, innovation and startups and really what's happening on the ground? Well, uh, that's a pretty comprehensive question. But on the one part, obviously, there's a lot of mobility related activity here. Uh, we are still doing 70% of the uh, it's either North America or even the world's uh, autonomous driving related research. So the future of CAV, Connected Autonomous Vehicle Deployment, 30-some uh, of the top 40 global companies in that space all have R&D facilities and testing and offices here in southeastern Michigan. Wow. Uh, another thing on the China side where they're coming to us is I've hosted like the party secretary of China National Medical City. And even um, a lot of the, the delegations that we're hosting, you know, their primary interest might be something advanced manufacturing, automation, mobility related, but they're also looking for digital health, life science, biotech as well. So Oakland County in which we're located has a, a large, has a, a program called Medical Main Street. So for example, on my golf outing of all things, uh, we're going to have our public golf outing at the Oakland University, which is the major university in the county. And we have the newly inaugurated president, who used to be the executive director of the U of M Health Systems, a multi-billion dollar uh, health concern. She's now president of the university. They have a Beaumont Medical School there, which is tougher to get into than Tsinghua University. <laughs> so, <laughs> which, uh, which for China. listeners, is one of the top universities, not only in the world, but also in China. Uh, so, so speaking to that, it, it means it's very hard to get into. Definitely. So like they only have like, obviously it's, it's a small growing medical school. So like next year they'll only have like 150 openings, but they'll have already over 8,500 qualified candidates for those 150 openings. So, wow. uh, so we're going to look to see how we can help them expand those initiatives and how we can help expand Oakland County and Oakland University and the whole connection between health, medical, life sciences, lifestyle and you know those really things will be the theme of our golf outing coming up august 28th what's so so oakland county you you and i talked about this when i was in michigan and, and i actually mentioned it about two podcasts ago um with with graham brown um oakland county has seen a lot of activity when it comes to investment into china and then also companies expanding into china there was something very specific you told me about and how many companies and, and how much investment. What, what's going on in Oakland County when it comes to China? So um, the, the recent former deputy executive who was a head of economic development, DCBA, took him on his first trips to China uh, 2011 when he first came into that position. 
And uh, he was one of the guys who quickly got it, understood it, and made dozens of trips and made China a major, um, you know, theme and focus. So Oakland County already has over 1,000 international companies that have uh, offices, facilities here. And I think they have about 300 of the top of the Fortune 500 also have locations, facilities here. So it's a, it is the economic engine for the state of Michigan. Uh, healthcare happens to be also their largest employer, not automotive, which is uh, something quite interesting. But um, they made a point, and uh, he personally would go out and host and go over there and be hosted, and he became uh, somewhat of a rock star uh, in China. Literally, when we're going through all these uh, government offices in Jiangsu province, we see his picture and photos everywhere. <laughs> it's quite <laughs> it's quite interesting. You know? So, But definitely, um, I wouldn't say... One of the larger concentrations of uh, not just Chinese, but the Asian population is here in Oakland County. The other one would be uh, the Japanese are, yeah, they're also in Oakland County out there in Novi. And then uh, the ecosystem around Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti has a large, uh, um, but so most, but highest concentration is here in Oakland County of Asians and Chinese. And we have something to the effect of 15,000 Mandarin speaking engineers here, which makes it easy for Chinese companies uh, and families to come here and have talented, educated people to help them with anything they need, especially with technology transfers and understandings. And, and you know, so it, it's just growing and growing and growing. It's really nice. So it's, it's funny. I, 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 would, I slightly underestimated the number of companies. I said 300. And you just said a thousand. So I was wrong on the previous podcast. Well, a thousand international companies. The state of Michigan is claiming three hundred Chinese companies. But got it. Okay, that's the one I got right then. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, cool. So I, I had my, I listened. I, I heard you clearly. So I got that number right. But man, that's incredible. So so much is happening in Michigan, and it's it's crazy because I feel like um, this isn't always talked about. Is there is there a reason or is it? you know, our company's kind of coming in, getting started and, and just getting work done. Like how can, how can people outside of the state of Michigan get involved in with some of these companies or start getting involved in this, this China, Michigan activity that's happening? Well, definitely uh, Detroit Chinese business association myself should be the first phone call. But then we also work with all the other economic development leaders and uh, the chambers and the counties and the state level and the city levels. And we know the ones that are very proactive and looking for international and or Chinese business. And we know the ones that are not. And so we help, you know, try to save every time, energy and money and direct them all the right places and uh, connect them. And the state, the Michigan Economic Development Corporation has a plethora of different uh, of opportunities and uh, smart zones and incubators and the city of Detroit itself is like uh, is like the nonprofit mecca of the world where dozens of major nonprofits and uh, social uh, organizations are you know are feeding and growing an entrepreneurial ecosystem here and there's all different types of programs. You know, here's this, they, six years ago when Dan Gilbert, the billionaire who, uh, who quickened loans and owns the Cleveland Cavaliers, when he started moving and buying up buildings in Detroit, moving all his employees down, the city of Detroit came up with uh, like a, uh, some thing and with him and other companies that they would put like 25, they would match like $25,000 or something like that for anybody to, from out of state to move into the city of Detroit. And like this one couple from New Jersey heard about this, boom. 
they went in, they bought a great house using the monies down from the city of Detroit. <laughs> uh, they, they cleaned it up. They didn't really have to do much about it. It was like $100,000. They just flipped it for $300,000 this year. And now wow. and they're one of the, the wife is working at Quicken. He's working somewhere else. He's also like a youth pastor at a Detroit church. They've adopted a, a kid from Detroit as well as their own kid. And then now they're building a brand new home from scratch in Corktown, which is like, um, for lack of a better word, is like the, the, new, the new hipster um, neighborhood. It's the oldest neighborhood in the city of Detroit. And now it's a lot of uh, young millennials are moving in there as well. And a lot of corporations, too. I think, didn't Ford, didn't they just announce that they wanted to move down there or set up a new uh, building? Yeah, so there is that historic, wonderful train station, which was the same architect and designer of the famous New York Central Station. So we have this beautiful, right now, closed, abandoned train station, this monolith sitting there, empty for the last couple of decades. So Ford Motor Company is in the process. We'll find out probably, hopefully, before the end of this month that they're looking to take over that and literally dozens of other properties in that Corktown region. Uh, and then um, put all their future of mobility-related companies, employees, and groups, and R&D, and move it to Detroit from Dearborn. So it's, that, was a, that was a pretty new and different spin than previously what was planned, where they were going to spend like a billion dollars uh, next to their campus in Dearborn. And now all of a sudden it's looking like that they're going to create this gigantic new urban campus in uh, Corktown. So there's just like, you know, in other major cities, you have these districts and these neighborhoods. So Dan Gilbert rebuilt downtown Detroit and the riverfront is being built up. And then there's a thing called Foxtown where the Illiches are, where they have the Fox Theater and the stadiums north of downtown. And you have the Midtown. And so now here's like another neighborhood that looks like Ford wants to, quote unquote, be the main protagonist is Corktown. So it's some interesting things happening here. I mean, it's just crazy how how Detroit has changed. I mean, go back to 2008. We were both there and 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 saw kind of the you know the crash and really the de- demise of the, of the city at the time. Um, there there wasn't much startup activity. There really was hardly any activity in general downtown. And now here we are, you know, almost uh, uh, ten years later, and. Now you've got a city that is completely thriving. All the sports teams, which once were spread out, are now all in the city. You've got a startup ecosystem that's bringing entrepreneurs from around the world. You've got venture capital um, coming from all different angles, international and domestic. I mean, what does Detroit look like from this ecosystem's perspective? I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh you know, here in the next five years? I mean, where we've come from from eight, where do we go in the next five? Yeah, so definitely, in the, I think the bottom would have been sometime in 2011, uh, maybe late 2010, and then since then, it's been an upwardy trajectory. And, um, you know, it's for a lot of things. Like I said, there's a lot of nonprofit foundations, uh, but um, you know, the, there's been about $15 billion of investment in the city. Like $5 billion of that is from Dan Gilbert alone, another couple billion from the Illich family, so on and so forth. But, um, and then, you know, we have probably the best, the best in probably in a generation or two where the Wayne County executive is very well liked and respected and competent. And so is the city of Detroit's mayor, Mike Duggan, as well as uh, we've had a great governor. And so it's like been the first time in a long time we've had um, – 
you know, a lot of the uh, top government people and the top associations and organizations and everybody else uh, working a lot more smarter and more efficiently and together and on the same page. So uh, Governor Snyder was the one who, you know, he stopped kicking the can and they, they did the bankruptcy in 2013. So that financial restructuring uh, knocked out like 50% of Detroit's debt from 20 billion to 10 billion, which gave now has given them a lot more life, you know, to use the funding that they get from the tax base to actually work on improvements and plans instead of just paying down debt. So that's just like really starting to kick in now as well. So, um, you know, I, I was at the, the Detroit Athletic Club uh, for a, a fundraiser last night. And uh, I met someone who had literally moved from Los Angeles. All his life was living in LA and he's been in Detroit for three years doing real estate related deals. He goes, man, I wouldn't be anywhere else in the world right now. I just love it here. I do go back home for vacations, <laughs> but I'm here like, you know, 10, 11 months out of the year. I wouldn't be anywhere else. I, I would say 10 to 11 months out of the year, I agree. After growing up there most of my life, completely agree. But then moving to Los Angeles uh, before San Francisco and China, I uh, I don't know what this guy was uh, what got this guy was drinking, but uh, I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad that he sees um, the love for for Detroit as much as we do. Yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> so he was he was literally staying at the Detroit Athletic Club, and there's only like a few rooms. And how he got to stay there for a long time and live there, where he was living, and like that was his office, and so on, so on. So wow. it's interesting. But you got such great architecture. You got like five generations of architecture here. You got five generations of you know of economy here as well. You know, it's like you know, hundred years ago, it wasn't just automotive. You know, entrepreneurial crazies from all over the country and and, and health and wellness and pharmaceuticals, fur trade, lumber trade, office design, office furniture, batteries, chemicals. You know, they were all here. You know. We sort of like lost our way, you know, in the from like the 1960s on, and then the last, you know, this decade, you know, we're finding our way back to, you know, what once was will be again, and this will be an entrepreneurial hotspot for people in any sector. Well, and it sounds like we're we're already getting there. So, so in five years, it's going to be the hotbed. I'm, I'm expecting it to be top five in in the country, um, with you leading it. Um, and, and then, so where does, so, so Detroit Chinese business association, so DCBA, and we'll put the link in the show notes for, for everybody. So someone lands in Michigan, you're their first phone call. What can you guys do, uh, to help them get situated in the ecosystem? Um, no matter their industry, and we're going to get back to the industries, but how, how do you guys help them land and begin their journey in, in Michigan? So, for example, we do like all the economic guarding and economic seating. So people come here, they go through us, they come to our events or we host events for them, et cetera. They might take a year or two before they figure out what they're going to do and they come back maybe a second or third time. But, you know, then at that point, you know, maybe we're ready to, you know, make them introductions to, uh, to the companies that they, uh, their partners or you know, the service partners and the governmental units, et cetera. But look at it this way. If you were like, say you were working for Ford and they were sending you to China to open up a $50 million widget factory and they told you, go to Chongqing, Wuhan, and or Chengdu and decide which place is better. Now you go, you're going over there and you're going to get wined and dined by all the mayors. The economic development guy went to Oxford or Cambridge or you know New York University and he's going to tell you everything you want to hear. 
But say like in the, the third city, you go to Chongqing, and all of a sudden they say, oh, by the way, here's this Chongqing American Business Association that's been around 20 years. Why don't you go talk to them? So now, because you don't know what you don't know, and there's certain things you maybe don't feel comfortable asking other people or government people or your attorney or your CPA, we represent the whole Chinese-American uh, business community. They can meet and talk to people that have been here for decades and help them get situated and then tell them the ins and outs and what to do and what to stay away from, you know, so on and so forth. So that's, that's kind of like our jobs right there, as well as trying to create synergies that other people maybe not think of or haven't seen before, like bringing Kyle Ellicott to <laughs> a conference in April at the next Energy Center with delegations from Chung and Shanghai International Auto City. And hopefully we've created some serendipity and other projects and long-term aspects and developments will happen between us and the Valley and China and et cetera. So. And, and I got to say firsthand, you guys are doing it. Um, you know, for, for those who are listening, I, I did get a chance to speak uh, thanks to Milan and, and the you know, Detroit Chinese Business Association uh, in Detroit, which also was my very first talk uh, in my home state. Um, so uh, it was awesome. That makes me proud. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. And, and between, between you and my mother, I, I, uh, I, I felt like I'd never left. It was amazing. Um, but uh, it's, it, you guys are doing it. I mean, having, again, you know, started businesses in Michigan, you know, moved to LA, San Francisco, and China, and seeing these different ecosystems of the world, and, and coming back to see where Detroit has grown and having an organization like yourselves and someone like you in particular, I mean, companies have a, a, a chance and an opportunity they haven't had in a very long time. You know, there haven't been many champions uh, in the past um, to really help entrepreneurs kind of grow on that global scale um, and, and build a bridge between you know, two great uh, nations and through multiple industries. I mean, we, we talked about transportation, digital health, or, or med tech, or healthcare. But you were telling me too, I mean, agriculture technology or ag tech um, is, I think, number three or number four, one of the largest industries in the state. And that people are starting to focus on this area and invest thanks to, you know, yourselves in Michigan State uh, University. I mean, it's incredible what what's starting to happen. Even the wine industry, great wines up north, by the way. But um, it, it's crazy what you guys have done and what's what's all moving on in there. Yeah, I mean, like well, four years ago, um, I hosted um, a gentleman who was he oversees like the rural economic development for China, which is like a fifty billion dollar a year initiative uh, that they started in like two thousand. It's like a trillion dollar initiative to help. Uh, where they're doing all the rule uh, rule in the countryside improvements uh, and bringing people in the rules into the new economy, et cetera, and what they've done of you know lifting hundreds of millions of people out of poverty. And he's also like one of the one of two board advisors to Agricultural Bank of China, and uh, you know which is one of the largest banks in the world. And then you know we had events in Lansing and we had events in Ann Arbor at U of M and MSU. To get those conversations where they were learning from him what's going on in China, what we need to do here for the Chinese markets, et cetera. And now um, MDARD, which is the Michigan Department of Rural Agricultural Department, you know, they're taking now uh, like a dozen companies every year to China on trade missions, not just the Michigan Economic Development Corporation as well. So 
we have a very wow. proactive, great state here that's uh, doing everything we can to uh, partner with, um, you know, what's coming to be right now is one of our largest trading partners next to Canada. So we have China surpassed, I think, China, uh, Germany and Japan, and maybe Mexico as well. I'm not sure yet, but it's going up there. So if you look at it, by 2030, the U.S. and the China GDP is going to be somewhere close to 50%. So it just makes a lot of sense. And then, you know, one we had the gala coming up, right? And we had sold yeah. out. There was one VIP seat left. And... Um, this gentleman who uh, lived in Asia for the last 20 years and like last 10 years working for a Japanese company is moving back. He said, I'd like to attend your gala. I said, we're sold out. We only have a $2,000 VIP ticket left. And he goes, I'll, I'll take it. And we sat him next to the consul general of Japan and somebody else that was also from a Chinese Japanese concern. And he came back after me and he thanked me. He said, you know what? You just saved me about a year's worth of work. <laughs> this is what you do, Milan. You help I, people. You are the, goes, you are the glue. I was expecting to get to buy him today on March 12th. But I was, you know, by, you know, March 12th, you know, the following year, you know, thank you. I said, that's what we do. <laughs> that's phenomenal. Everyone that listens to this podcast, I hope finds you on LinkedIn and connects with you because you are the ultimate connector. When it comes to Michigan and China and, and Asia as a whole, I mean, you and the you do an amazing job of facilitating those introductions. The way that you handle things, and I mean, it's just phenomenal. If anyone listening, getting started in Michigan, this is your man you got to call. Um, Milan, wh where, where do we go now for, for the future? You know, future of Michigan and China. Where are things going? Um, well, what we're, obviously like? we're entering a transition period on the geopolitical, you know, fronts. You know, China is now this major force. All of us, not all of a sudden, but boom! Like, you know, oh my gosh, this is major force. You know, uh, they're up there with the U.S. and power and economy and you know, world's second largest economy and fast, you know, fastest growing, etc. So this transition stuff is going to be happening. But uh, the stuff that you were reading and people are seeing on television and the media and pundits, that's all theater. Mm -hmm. Trump and uh, President Trump and President Xi have, uh, my humble opinion, deep respect and understanding. And they're both going to work some things out that's going to be mutually beneficial for both countries moving forward. So I'm, uh, very, um, I'm very bullish on the long term. Obviously, we've had about nine years of economic expansion. There might be, uh, you know, a dip in the economy. You know, we've got to, like, prepare for that. What does that look like? Have we reached peak auto over here? And then what does that look like? Uh, one of the other things is the Midwest, the Great Lakes states, we've been producing 25% of the, the country's GDP, 25% of the college graduates, 25% of the IP and patents, but we've only been receiving, like, 5% of the funding. So we're privately, this is not even public information to our own network yet, but we're going to have an inaugural private DCBA Venture Club meeting next month. And uh, we're going to see what we can do to hope to aggregate uh, people of uh, not just high net worths, but influence, et cetera, to help create new deals, you know, uh, that maybe haven't existed or haven't been thought of before. So that's one of my main prerogatives for this year. And then as well as, you know, we're always busy hosting delegations. We have uh, 30 people from China representing 20-some companies coming on June 20th. That's going to be our next public event. 
and um, you know, I'll be looking to get the right 100 people in that room for that day. That's awesome. And, and so I, this was a question I wanted to make sure I asked you because you and I have both hosted and attended delegations, but um, you know, some of the listeners um, may be preparing to, to be a part of a delegation or may interact with a delegation at some point that's traveling. What are kind of your, um, your tips and tricks or your, your three rules um, for those when uh, they're either attending a delegation or engaging with a delegation as an entrepreneur? What, what do you usually guide people into do and, and how to act and how to, um, how to interact and engage, get the most out of it? Well, is that there is that old phrase, when in Rome, do as the Romanians. No, no, just kidding. When in Rome, do as the Romans. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, just do some basic background, you know, and I know that it's really highly nuanced. I mean, there's some basic generalities of understanding it's a hierarchical structure over there. There's ceremonial, there's structure even to the seating and how you do your greeting and, you know, those basic things of, you know, with the business cards of actually like looking at it and looking at the person and, you know, trying to create a connection. Um, one thing, you know, we try to tell people in our network, if you're just here trying to get a transaction, we're not the organization for you. We're here to build relationships, which are going to create hopefully a bigger pie for everyone. So we deal with people who know how to, you know, who want to learn how to deal with China and, you know, it's not necessarily so much patience, but it is more of like there's a certain um, decorum in, in how you do business. And even though I don't speak a lick of Mandarin, I've just been able to intuitively understand that. And that's why I've always been asked like the last, even, you know, going back to 2010 and 11, I was asked to make sure I was with these high level delegations during their two or three day stays. I got a sense if somebody is saying or doing something wrong or if someone's not you know, if something's not right, just by, you know, the body language <laughs> of the delegation. But it's, uh, you know, it's more of like matching rapport, the basic stuff, but it, it does get highly nuanced and there are very specific things, but it just takes experience. Yeah. Well, and it's, 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 uh, body language is so incredibly important along with experience. I mean, I think for, for the listeners, you know, if you are part of a delegation, Milan's got it spot on. Um, and hopefully they get to attend a delegation with yourself um, in Michigan. But um, I guess, you know, kind of last, last question I, I have for, for you is, is what does an entrepreneur or a business or an investor need to know about Michigan um, that they might not know? I mean, what, what is kind of those hidden secrets of, of what's happening on the ground um, that they can start taking advantage of? Um, and get started on right away. So the last six, seven years, we've been all working on accelerating the transformation of our region's economy and the redevelopment of the city of Detroit. So from adversity comes opportunities. So there was a decline of the city of Detroit for decades, and now there's opportunities and being a part of the redevelopment. Uh, Detroit has uh, probably more expats than just about any other city in the country where there's Detroiters everywhere you go. If you go to like a hockey game in Phoenix or if you go, you know, out to Chicago or to Florida or there's like 150,000 Michiganders in Dallas, Texas, etc. So a lot of people want to be coming are like, you know, it was like part of the narrative I, when, I, when I found you is like to, a lot of people want to be part of the, the narrative of the comeback of the city of Detroit. 
So Balmer just uh, announced like a specific $50 million, I think, plan for, you know, in, in the social organization, nonprofit that he's bringing back. But on the governmental level, the state and all the universities, there's there's dozens of incubators and accelerators uh, that are they're growing up. There's dozens of organizations here, governmental, state, private, public, and, and, and people like me and the DCBA who are, are going to help you find what you need quicker, faster, and better so you can do what you want to do here. I mean, that's definitely... Uh, uh, you know, I, just about anybody who comes here from anywhere else is going to be pretty much welcome with open arms. And it's just a matter of, uh, you know, just you know, taking advantage of all the resources and assets and, uh, and projects and programs that they have here mm -hmm. to, help, uh, to help with the acceleration of the transformation and the redevelopment. Of the city. And I can, I can definitely attest to that and, and just know that, you know, having worked and, and you know, having been from the state having worked with yourself and just gotten to know you as a friend it's uh you guys do an incredible job and in you personally uh at really welcoming people into the state and showing them those opportunities um i, I think i i'm excited to see where michigan thrives to next and which of these industries really start to take off and where things go um milan just to wrap up uh, any shout outs, anything exciting coming up that uh, you want the listeners to hear about or to know uh, that they can have as takeaways for the, today's episode? Well, I'd just like to thank anyone that's listening. And I'd like to thank you for giving me the time and opportunity to, uh, to, to talk and pontificate. And thank you for your kind accolades as well. But um, just come on and visit us in Detroit. You're coming to town. Come by, see me, stop in the office, call me. Our next public event is June 20th. It's uh, most likely going to be here in Troy, Michigan, across the street from our uh, our offices. Uh, like I said, we'll have 20-some Chinese companies in town. If you're just looking or just even wanting just to learn about doing international business, even doesn't necessarily have to be just China, et cetera, we'll help you uh, find uh, the resources and the educational opportunities and hook you up. Perfect. And everyone can find you on LinkedIn, and we also will give them the link to the uh Detroit Chinese Business Association website as well. Wonderful. So thank you very much, Balan. I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing everything about Michigan, China, and where things are, are happening and going in the Midwest. My pleasure, Kyle. Thank you. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.